Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. Happy Friday and welcome to episode 18 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. As always, I am your host, JP Sticker. We have a special guest here today, and I'm super excited about it. I kind of begged and pleaded with him on, on Twitter just to have him on my show. Uh, we have Kev Mahasurgian here today. Uh, Kev, you want to introduce yourself real quick? How's it going, JP? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, no, I'm Kev Masarajan. Uh, I'm at Rotosurgeon on Twitter. That's where most people know me at this point. They don't even know me by my first name. Uh, I write for Rotoballer and The Game Day, and I have my podcast over on, uh, you know, available any podcast platform, The Operating Room, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Go check that out. Um, yeah, no, I'm having a great Friday. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I can't complain. I, you know, I have the day off. The kids are at daycare. It's a beautiful day down here in Charleston, South Carolina. So I am enjoying myself. So I'm really excited about this. We have a lot to get to people. So we're going to kind of just dive right into this. Um, the first kind of topic that we want to cover today is the topic that I've been hearing a lot on Twitter. It's kind of this debate of, you know, you're sitting there in your draft and you need a wide receiver and you have the option between Mooney or Bateman. So Kev, who do you got here? Mooney or Bateman? What do you think? I'm taking Bateman all day, man. I know he had a rough rookie year, but my stance remains. Uh, he had the hernia surgery right before preseason. He didn't even get any preseason games, and he misses the first, uh, first, not even third. It's about the third of the season. Comes back. He plays with Lamar for a total of six games, and then Tyler Huntley. And by the time he's maybe healthy by the end of the season, he has Tyler Huntley at quarterback. It's like, can you blame him for not producing? I get it. He, you know, you have the season of Mooney last year where he outplayed uh, Allen Robinson. It was fantastic. He was good. A uh, thousand yards, four touchdowns, 140 targets. His situation still with Justin Fields. I mean, the bet on Mooney is Justin Fields getting better. The bet on Bateman is him just being healthy. Because he has Lamar Jackson at quarterback. He's a talented wide receiver. He has wide receiver one. They traded Hollywood Brown because they trust Bateman. Now, obviously, Mark Andrews is the pseudo wide receiver one there because he's a tight end, whatever. But um, I think Bateman's more talented than Mooney. He's a better quarterback. Uh, passing volume is going to be similar. And, you know, touchdown upside. I think he could easily double Darnell Mooney's touchdowns this year. So Ooh, I'm all I'll in on Bateman. There. Hot take there. I'm actually going to have to go the other way here, unfortunately. I'm I'm, I'm kind of bullish on Mooney this year. It may have to do a little bit with him being on my squad last year. Um, so I'm a little biased when it comes to, to, to Darrell Mooney here this year. But, I mean, 2021, all right, he had 81 catches, 1,055 yards, and four scores. However, with Fields playing quarterback for the Bears last year, and that was about 12 games, as you know, Fields didn't start all 12 of those games. He was kind of in and out there. But he had 47 catches, 653 yards, and four scores. I just really just like the target share that I think Mooney's going to get this year. You're absolutely right. It's probably going to be pretty pretty similar between him and Bateman. But I just love the fact that Chicago Bears have literally nobody else. You know, Andrews kind of scares me there in Baltimore. I, I understand that Fields is obviously not as good as Lamar Jackson. But I just think Fields is going to take the step in the right direction this year. And the only way for him to do so is if Mooney has a kind of a blow up kind of year or a step out of the, you know, the gate type of year for any type of receiver. 
again, the depth at Chicago, it's such a big problem. I mean, we're looking at, you know, Pringle as their wide receiver too. Jones Jr., the rookie out of Tennessee, who kind of came out and he was a third down dra- uh, third round draft pick, but he came out as like a special team specialist, right? I mean, let's look at his stats in 2021 for Tennessee, 52 catches, 722 yards and six touchdowns. That to me doesn't really scream wide receiver two, especially as a rookie. Um, he's got obviously has a lot to learn. He's got a raw talent, I guess you can say. Um, but everything prospect profile says that he was a special team specialist with good size. So I don't know, man. I kind of I'm the kind of a guy that always leans more, especially if this kind of a toss-up, which I think it is. I think both these guys are really worth having on your team. And I like both of these guys. But if I had the opportunity, I think I'm gonna have to grab Mooney here. I don't think it's a toss-up at all. I don't think they're close, really. Uh, it's wow. just difficult to fathom that Darnell Mooney, obviously, he's going to be the wide receiver one. He's like, you said he's the only guy, whereas, you know, they have Cole Komet, and Justin Fields did favor Love Cole Komet in games. He had the 22% target share with Justin Fields, 16% without him last year. And it's kind of a situation where how much of the coverage did Allen Robinson take off for Mooney because teams even if Allen Robinson is not playing well they're going to defend Allen Robinson Absolutely. and Allen Robinson did play like about 13 games I believe last year mm-hmm. and Mooney did have a couple blow-ups without it but that was like against the Lions where one of the biggest games he had so I don't know if how much that counts really mm-hmm. but otherwise yes Mooney should still get a lot of targets what will the efficiency be like how many touchdowns will he score he has four touchdowns in back-to-back seasons with playing the full season and I know yes Bateman does not have any precedent to base off of his numbers were bad last year but he was like he was coming off hernia surgery and he was more efficient per target than mooney and that that was as a rookie so i I just think bateman's world's better i think he's in a better better situation he's bigger he's stronger he's i i don't know if he's faster i think mooney's a little faster a little faster i'll take the bigger stronger i don't know similar speed but overall yeah give me the better talent first round pedigree uh, better offense, better quarterback. Like he could realistically hit double digit t- uh, touchdowns, and I won't be shocked at all. And may- hey, if he outscores Mark Andrews, who's going second round, I won't be shocked at all. Bateman's that good. Mooney's capped because of his offense, because of his own. I think he's a wide receiver too. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. So I'd rather draft the wide receiver one who hasn't done it over the wide receiver two who has done it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, all good points here. I'm kind of leaning, like I said, towards Mooney. However, May have just convinced me there with Bateman. Um, next on our list is going to be Barkley's outlook. All right. I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I throw it out there a lot. I'm a huge New York Giants fan. Um, so I'm very biased on Barkley and I'm very bullish on Barkley just because of where he's going in drafts this year. What do you think? I have as much Saquon Barkley as you can get at this point. Um, Saquon's a, a fantastic talent. We don't have to talk about his talent. There's nothing to discuss. Uh, yeah, you could. Oh, he was inefficient last year. Uh, the idea of something about 2020 before he got hurt. I don't care. He was coming off an ACL tear last year. He clearly did not look like himself. Then he had the high ankle sprain midseason, which hurt him even more. He didn't even get to get to like 100%. He was always there was something going on last year. It wasn't him. And 2020, he played two games. And one of them, like the first game he played was against like the number one defense in the Buccaneers. So I, I take, oh no, I was I was uh, Pittsburgh actually. And that was like a top three defense or something. He had like 15 carries for six yards. And then Chicago gets hurt in like the first 10 plays. So don't care about that season. 2019, 2018s. all you have to care about. He's 25. He's not past any age apex. He's not past, like he's in his prime. This is his prime. He has no ACL Terry's coming off of. The high ankle's fully healed at this point. He hasn't had any off-season surgery. This guy, I mean, he's one of, what, 
seven guys who could finish as the RB1. RB1 he could finish yep. as the highest scoring player in fantasy, and I won't be shocked. I don't think anybody should be shocked, even in the Giants offense. I, I avoided him last year knowing he was coming off the ACL, knowing that I was going to target him this year. And I have no reason not to target him. You have no reason not to target him. Not you specifically, JP, but yep. anybody listening. Get Saquon Barkley. He's going in the late second round. Like, this is ridiculous. I, I was drafting him first overall two years ago. Then he tore his ACL. Big whoop. It happens. I can't, I can't agree more with you. I mean, the big thing about, you know, Saquon Barkley is, is they keep saying things about the Giants offensive line. And things like that. However, this new offensive play call and the ball is going to, it's going to change the entire look of this New York Giants. You're going to see a lot more RPOs, which helps the offensive line greatly. Because if you know anything about RPOs is all they got to do is block the man in front of them. Don't get upfield because if you get upfield, then then it's a, it's a penalty. So I think they're going to use him a lot, again, in the receiver position. And if you're in a league like me, I'm in a full point PPR league. You are insane if you're not drafting Barkley in the second round. I'm I'm even looking to looking for him if I'm drafting late in the first round and then taking somebody else on the way back in snake type drafts. But his upside is just tremendous, like you mentioned before. I'm not afraid of his injuries at all. A lot of them are fluke injuries too. I mean, he tripped up on the yard sign on the on the sideline, destroyed his ankle. It's it's just one little thing after the other. I don't see it happening again this year. He's motivated, he's determined, which I love to have, especially in a running back in a prove it year. This guy's a stud, and for him going second round for me is just one of the, one of the most easy decisions I think you can make in fantasy football this season. I mean, look at him, uh, healthy. Safe. Okay, I don't. I hate to use these brackets like healthy, yada yada, but really, realistically, he a healthy Saquon outscores Najee, he mm-hmm. outscores Derrick Henry, he outscores Aaron Jones, and I think he's up there with the CMC. He's he and CMC. What's the difference between him and CMC? Yep. They That's were like my number one and number two. Sure. Yep. And CMC's going in the middle. No, he's not going. He's going at the top of the first round. Top again. of the first round. And he's missed time the last two seasons. He's played 10 total games the last two seasons. I get it. He hasn't torn any ligaments, but when it comes down to it, I mean, it's not like Saquon isn't healthy now. He's healthy. Yep. What and, what's going yep. on here? And what Carolina runs in, in offense is what you're going to see in New York this year, and that's that RPO. Right, so you're going to see and, a lot of what McCaffrey was doing, and oh, McCaffrey gets all those little dump passes, and uh, you know, gets him out in space. Exactly, that's exactly what the Giants are going to do this year. And if they're smart, they can continue to do it. They need to get Barkley into space. Right, he's Daniel explosive. Jones, sorry, yep, Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than anyone Carolina has too. It's Absolutely, like, and on. he can run, which that which keeps yeah. defensive honest on the RPO. Right, so I just think it's an absolute steal here. I think it's a no brainer. I'm kind of even like tired of talking about it but i have to keep talking about it because people just keep keep saying the horrendous things about barkley's draft stock and i mean keep on doing it i mean i actually like that you're doing it everyone out there that thinks barkley's gonna stink this year because he's just staying there in the second round just for me to pick so i appreciate I, that i'd rather have the 511 233 guy than the 511 205 guy like give me saquon over christian caffrey this year how about that all day all right next on the list here so this one Kev, i'm gonna be honest with you I'm at a total loss, um, and it's the Denver Broncos wide receiver room. Okay, I'm leaning, obviously, towards Sutton and PPR especially, but help me figure this out. Who do you got? I got Sutton. I mean, okay. look, Sutton's done it before. I love Judy. I love the talent, but, you know, he had the high ankle sprain after week one. He looked really good. I think he had, like, seven targets, six receptions, something like 70-ish yards last year. In that first game, he looked really good, and then he got injured, and then he looked terrible. So. 
we have this like theory that he could be really good, but like I'm not gonna let one good game in his like supposed breakout season, which didn't really come to fruition, uh, change me or sway me. We have Sutton's 2019 124 targets, 1100 yards, six touchdowns, nine yards per target that he built on his rookie season. He he's kind of like he and Saquon Barkley have had basically the same career trajectory, aside mm-hmm. from like you know the high end production that we got for some from Saquon. It was like, uh. Very good year he won, but obviously not as good. 2019, uh, like breakout. Uh, 2020, ACL tear. 2021, first season off the ACL tear, performs poorly. And people kind of like lost the plot with Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Um, he's closer to who he is in 2019 than who he is in 2021. And that's a very good wide receiver. And that was the season he did that with Drew Locke. He yep. now has Russell Wilson. I honestly, you don't even have to build on the 2019 season. If he gives you 72 catches, 1,100 yards, and, okay, let's say he gives you eight touchdowns instead of six because, you know, Russell is going to throw more touchdowns. Same same efficiency, same everything. I mean, that's a, a wide receiver, high-end wide I'll receiver too. Yep. And you're getting that at a low-end wide receiver two cost. So I I, I will buy high. I will buy the, um, the baked-in, quote-unquote, uh, ADP, whatever. Judy, I will buy as well uh, if he dips a little bit because, you know, I don't want to buy both Cortland Sutton and Judy, like, and they're not far off in ADP. So, yeah, give me the bigger guy. Give me the X, you know, quote unquote X receiver. Yep. Uh, yeah, give me Sutton. But I do like Judy, do- though, and it's not, it's no slight against him. It just, I prefer Sutton. Gotcha. Well, I have a little personal story here about Judy. I, um, couple of years ago, I'm not going to say how many years ago because I'm going to give away uh, what I'm talking about here. But a few years ago, I was working for a, like a like a taxi service and kind of like a limousine service. And I drove the parents of an, an Alabama player um, and I from Charleston, South Carolina to Columbia, South Carolina, when they were playing the Gamecocks. And I was sitting in the, the front seat while I was driving was the parent was the father of this so-called player on Alabama. I don't want to drop any names, but. He's in the NFL now, let's put it that way, and he played closely with, with Judy. And the father kept explaining to me that he didn't believe Jerry Judy was all that people are saying he is. He kept saying that his route running is, is they're, they're blowing it out of proportion. They're saying that in Alabama, he's just product of, of Saban just wanting to feed him the ball. There was plenty of other receivers on Alabama that he thought were going to have better NFL careers. I'm not saying that it equates to anything, but I just think that sometimes what we read – about a player and scouting on a player isn't technically, you know, the, uh, the, the full on truth. What do you think about Tim Patrick too, though? What do you think about Tim Patrick? Do you think he is relevant at all this year in fantasy? I, I mean, going back to, sorry, let me, let me go back to like just feeding him the ball. A guy who's just getting fed the ball in Alabama as a true sophomore doesn't have 1300 yards on 68 receptions and mm-hmm. 14 touchdowns. Like that's mm-hmm. not that you're not just feeding this guy. He's not like a shitty tight end. He's not like, uh, what he's not Dalton Schultz or whatever it's uh, correct. And let's that, put this that, in. That, pers- that, let's put sorry, this in. That, that just doesn't. Make this sense. was a at the time an angry parent because his son wasn't getting playing time. Let's put it that way. Smith's dad because they're like the same age. But okay, uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> not going to say nothing, me. but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, Judy's good. I, I have no issue with Judy going to Tim Patrick. I think Tim Patrick, you know, older wide receiver. Uh, he's had some promising looking seasons, but it's not like, you know, 
how much better can we expect? Why would they throw Tim Patrick the ball when they have two more talented wide receivers than Judy and Sutton? They have Albert Okwegbunam. I want to pronounce that correctly because my that last name is difficult to pronounce. <laughs> I, I butchered um, it in the beginning. It's all good. No, I, I appreciate you talking to me before the show to yep. check it out. But yeah, Tim Patrick's like going to be 29 this year. He's, he's been efficient, but he's like, you know, he's kind of like Byron Pringle in a way. He's like mm-hmm. the Denver Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. So I, I don't think much of him. I think he's fine if you want to target him late. I did draft him once because he fell. He's going to be yeah. so productive. Uh, they're not going to pass. I think people think the Denver Nuggets are going to like pass at a crazy high rate. They're not going to have like they're going to have a very decent like rush pass pass rush split. Yep. So I think it's going to be somewhat consolidated, and I do think Tim Patrick is going to lose out a decent bit, even though he's getting paid. If Sutton. And Judy stay healthy. I, uh, Tim Patrick's gonna lose out. He only ate so much because Judy, you know, had the high ankle sprain. Sutton was coming off his ACL, and he didn't look like himself. And Tim Patrick was fully healthy, and he performed well. I'm not gonna say he didn't, but he's just not that good compared to those two. Absolutely, and I agree with that too. I think Tim Patrick is gonna be more of like Russell's reliable wide receiver when he get needs that first down and got to throw it at the sticks and just you know use his big frame to kind of box a, a corner or a safety out. Um, I do, yeah. I do agree with you. I think Denver's run and pass split is going to be close to 50, 50 this year. I mean, they have two really good backs and I, I feel bad for Williams that, that, that Melvin Gordon came back. Cause I was high on him and so was everybody else. And it definitely, definitely hurts his fantasy value. I think this Denver offense is going to be more like Seattle when they had Marshawn Lynch and you know, what they wanted to do was run the ball and Russell, when he had to pass made the plays. I think that's what we're going to be seeing a lot in Denver. Uh, in 2022 yeah no i look at it like um russell wilson's had got i I mean tim patrick's size is obviously massive Mm -hmm. but like some of the guys that uh russ had in seattle like david moore paul richardson these were like these wide receiver three types who did produce who were efficient like you know tim patrick is kind of that he's produced he's been efficient but he's just not the type of receiver that you want to give massive volume share to so um he's going to be good in his role but he's not someone to target as like a a sneaky potential wide receiver two who beats out Jerry Judy. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to play his role. Alberto is going to eat. The running backs are going to eat too. So it's just hard to draft him at like at confidently. Like if he falls, take him because it's a good offense. And you know, if someone gets hurt, great, but that's what it's going to take. Yeah. I, th- I think you said that perfectly. He's going to be good at his role and that's going to be about it. Um, keep an eye on him though. Like you said, though, if one of those receivers goes down or the tight end goes down, um, I think he could be somebody that could poke his head in there. Um, tight ends. Now, this is very interesting for me. Um, I am high on Dallas mm. Goddard, but you have him a little bit higher than I do. You have him ranked above, you know, Hodgkinson, uh, Hawkinson, sorry, and Schultz. Uh, explain that to me. Uh, I mean, look, Dallas Goddard, again, uh, very talented. We're looking at an offense that is adding A.J. Brown, so – you know, he's going to take on a quarter of the target share, roughly somewhere in that range. Devonta Smith, he's going to have somewhere around that range, uh, like 20 to 25%. And I believe Goddard had about 18 to 20% in that range after Ertz left. And he was TE6 uh, in, P, uh, in points per game after Ertz left. He was extremely efficient. Yet, if we look at his like actual volume share, he was getting, he was like, 17th to 20th in like routes and targets whereas he was top two in literally like every efficiency metric like yards after catch um everything that we'd really like yards per route run anything that signifies talent efficiency you know some of these are a little skewed at times depending on team but i, I just looked at him like 
this doesn't make sense. They need to be targeting him more and they're not going to be targeting Jalen Rager. Quez Watkins is going to lose that. So I think the Eagles consolidate their targets to AJ Brown, Devonta Smith and uh, Dallas Goddard, like 75 to 80% of the targets are going to go to them. The rest is going to go to like Quez Watkins and the running backs. They don't have a tight end too. Jack Stoll's a blocking tight end and he's going to be the guy in the field. So, uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest hurts guy, but you know, when you have this, this many good wide receivers and uh, like receiving options, let's say better than wide receivers here, it's just going to work. Mm-hmm. So I think Dallas Goddard, you know, he'll have enough space to eat. He's going to he's great at creating yak. My comp is George Kittle without the blocking. So mm-hmm. think about that. And the, that's the big bugaboo with Kittle. It's just he blocks too much. So think about it if he doesn't and just gets a lower target share. So. So speaking speaking on that, I mean, if you're if you're thinking so, you know, Goddard being the three, the third option there in the passing game, right? In Philly, you think Philly's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more this year in comparison to what they did last year? Yeah, I think last year was like 28 attempts per game. This year, I have them about 32, which is deep. Okay. Like f- four targets per game is a lot, mm-hmm. or four attempts per game, not targets mm-hmm. necessarily, but that's a lot of uh, added targets. They're going to have to do more because they have the talent to throw. And, you know, last year in the back half, they ran more, and that was when they were more successful. But I mean, considering the receiving options, Smith and Goddard are fine. Like Smith's a good wide receiver, too. Uh, Goddard's a really good tight end, but like that's not going to, you know, get your nut when defenses can like game plan for Jalen Hurts better the the thing is like Hurts is a limited quarterback but when you give him the options when you have wide receivers that can just create on their own he doesn't really have to do that much so that's going to be you know the onus isn't really on him this year and that's why I like Goddard that's why I don't like Schultz and that's why I don't like Hawkinson because you know both of them uh Schultz has less competition but that's bad for him he's not a good tight end if you look at his all of his efficiency metrics like he was like top in targets top in routes run but efficiency it's like flip Goddard and Schultz when it comes to volume relative to talent mm-hmm. so that's just you know and it's funny because they're in the same division but then Hawkinson volumes there he's fine he's not I mean, he was drafted top 10 but he's not that good he's on a he has Jared Goff at quarterback uh, he's going to compete with Monroe St. Brown Josh Reynolds DJ Chark the running back Swift specifically and then it, it just not the best offense to invest in when you want like upside. Mm-hmm. Goddard has the upside. Let's say AJ Brown or Smith goes down and they're going to be throwing as much as they are. Or something happens where, yeah, I, I mean, tight ends break out late. No, we yep. like, we we're like always waiting on that tight end breakout. And sometimes it happens like six years down the line. I think Goddard's started last year with Ertz being gone. It's just going to continue into this year. Gotcha. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I have them all in the same tier. I have Schultz, Hawk, and, and Goddard in the same and my same tight end tier, and that's tight end tier three for me. I, I just so I had Ren um uh, Piper on my show this week, earlier this week, and he had a really good point. He said in a, a half point PPR leagues, the 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 point difference between tight end two and tight end three was greater than the point difference between tight end three and tight end tight end ten. And then I was at the end of the year rankings. So what I plan on doing is if I'm not, which I don't plan on doing is, is drafting either Kelsey or Andrews. Cause those are my top two Pitts is close. Kittle is close, but Kelsey and Andrews are my top two. If I'm not going to go for one of those guys, I think I'm just going to wait. I think I'm just yeah. going to wait it out on tight end. I mean, um, those stats right there. I mean, the, the difference is greater between tight end two and tight end three than tight end three and tight end 10. That's, that's a big, big stat right there that I was not familiar with until Ran through that on the table this earlier this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing with Goddard too. He's gotten better every season. His yards per target have gone up, and his points per game in fantasy, everything's just been on the up and up. 
Uh, he had 2020. Honestly, he looked like he was breaking out in 2020. And that was the year Ertz was like in and out of games. He was like looking awful. I think he had the high ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. And Goddard got hurt too. He only played 11 games, but extremely efficient then, even more so efficient. That was like on a bad team last, or not a bad team, but like an offense that <laughs> wasn't really that great in the passing game. Goddard hey, was they showing stink. Out. I'm a Giants fan. They stunk. <laughs> they were, I mean, they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. <laughs> you can't hate it right now. But like I looking know. at Goddard. He's very talented. You bet on the talent. The volume will come. Uh, AJ Brown hasn't been the healthiest. Devonta Smith, frail. Goddard, I mean, he has missed some time, but he's been, you know, three seasons with at least 15 games played out of the four seasons he's played. Like, I trust him. He's really cheap. He's near pick 90. That, that's just ridiculous to me. It doesn't make sense. He's too good to go that late, especially considering he already broke out last year, even though if it was for like 60% of the season. All right. Um, we do have a question here um, from one of our followers, and his Twitter handle is Messi Jr. And if you haven't seen it, it's Messi's birthday today. So, Messi Jr., happy birthday to you too, buddy. Um, outside the top 10 running backs, who are some interesting options that you would suggest in rounds two to four? I mean, aside from – oh, two to four. I was going to say Rashad Penny because I've been tweeting about him. Now. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that. So go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead on Rashad Penny. Oh, no. I mean, no, Rashad Penny just, like, extremely efficient. He's finally healthy. He's another – he is a year removed from his ACL tear. Um, his injuries, you know, he's had the hamstring. He's had the ACL. But when it comes down to it, you know, the last two years have been due to the ACL. So it's not like it's been, like, concurrent injuries that are, like, just piling on or compiling. Early on in the career was the hamstrings. Then he had the ACL tear. He's fully healthy now. We saw what he did at the end of last season. He was like carrying the ball like 20, 30 times per game or touching the ball is better to say. He's been like extremely efficient since his rookie year as a rusher. He's like a career 5.6 yards per carry. He broke like rushing metrics last year. And, you know, he's been efficient as a receiver too. He's averaging over six yards per target. They don't really target him much because he's not the best route runner. But when you get the ball in his hands, he's really good. Kind of like Jonathan Taylor, not the best route runner. But when you get the ball in his hands as a receiver, he can produce. He's explosive. Rashad Penny has like everything you want out of like a workhorse running back outside of the health. Obviously, that's a big bugaboo. But there's no reason to believe as of now that he's going to get hurt. We have no like there, there's nothing wrong with him as of now. Therefore, we should not believe something will go wrong in the future. Like, yes, the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury, but you can take the cost into account. He's a ninth, 10th round pick. You're getting him around a uh, pick 110 to 120, somewhere in that range. So uh, Rashad Penny, this is after rounds two to four, obviously. If he was going in that range, I'd say eh, he's got a little too much hurt throughout <laughs> his career. I'll pick someone else. But who are you going to pick, Rashad Penny or like, what Daryl Williams a couple rounds later, uh, John, uh, not Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams. What do those guys do for you next to nothing? Like what's their upside? Nine points per game, 10 points per game. No, take Rashad Penny. And if he gets injured, drop him. Who cares? Move on. That's the best part. Honestly, I, I think that's oh. a great point. I mean, you're not really risking anything when you're drafting Rashad Penny literally nothing you're, yeah. you're getting him for free so okay but to answer the question pick rounds two to four um after the top 10 uh i do like fournette yeah. rashad white solid uh, he's a good receiving back sean vaughn looked okay at times last year but fournette's going to be the workhorse just how mm -hmm. he's been the last like last year and then uh, the year before in the playoffs um that's gonna remain the same so target fournette we, we spoke about saquon but he's kind of creeping up with the alvin kamara suspension looming yeah, um, that six weeks, right? They're saying, yep, 
Aaron Jones, uh, if he's going after the top 10, definitely target him, especially in full point PPR leagues. You know, he's going to be, might be the wide receiver one there. And he's been the pseudo wide receiver two already. So it's not like we don't have precedent. Um, and then I think that's about it. I'm not a big Where fan. Where do you have ETN. Travis Etienne? Where do you not have him? Not a fan. I'm not just a not fan. drafting him. Not a fan. No. I mean, I'm a fan of the player, not a fan of the injury that he suffered. He gotcha. had a list Frank injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't go too deep into that, but uh, point being, like the risk of re-injury, the risk of a loss of explosiveness, uh, an inability to cut. I know they're like hyping him up in practice, but it's the Jaguars. I don't know how much to trust them. Even <laughs> yeah, with the and he's a young staff. player. You need to hype that up after injury. You got to get him all amped up. Yes. And like, I know James Robinson suffered his Achilles and I'd bet on ETN. I mean, in a vacuum, ETN over Robinson, not like they're a hundred picks apart anyway, but uh, I, I, just, I just can't do it. I can't stomach it. I'd rather wait on Gibson or Jacobs around later and take a wide receiver in ETN's range and then take up running back there. Or I take my quarterback, actually, Kyler Lamar. They're going in the same range as ETN. Give me an elite quarterback one option over ETN and then pick a running back like the round after. Cause We've seen those guys do it. I think they have similar upside to Antonio Gibson's like a JD McKissick injury away from like a top five running back season. So good yeah. Point. Yep. Good point. And then just going back quickly to the penny thing again, you're not really risking anything. I mean, the one thing that concerns me outside of the injury, which doesn't really concern me is just the amount of stack boxes he's going to see in Seattle this year in comparison when Russell Wilson was there. Um, the quarterback is a, is a big issue in Seattle. They're not going to be, they're not going to be afraid of teams throwing on them. So they're going to stack the box, but again, just like Kevin said, you're, Kev said, you're not really risking anything by drafting Richard Penny. If anything, his upside is higher than his floor. So absolutely great points there. And one last question for you, buddy, till I let you go here. Um, he says that he's the same, the same Twitter follower asked the question, if you were had the option, Cook, Mixon, Jefferson, or Swift, where are you going? Cook, Mixon, Mixon Jefferson, or Swift. Yep. Okay, so that's Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Jefferson, yes, sir. I think there's a legitimate argument to be made for Justin Jefferson as like one of like the wide receiver two. Him and Jamar obviously are like the options that are going to go there. But uh, I shit. Okay, okay. half PPR. One. I have give, trouble with this one too. Half PPR. Give me Mixon, like an yeah. underdog draft. Give me Mixon all day. Um, I do think his touchdown upside is similar to last year, if not higher receiving option. They mentioned Brian Callahan, the OC of the Cincinnati Bengals mentioned they do want to get him on third down more obviously to keep, they want to keep him fresh. They're not going to give him every third down. They're still going to use like Chris Evans or P Ryan or whatever to mix in, but uh, mix in, get it. I got you. I got you. Uh Yeah. So, I mean, Mixon had 16 touchdowns last year. I mean, Eckler at 20. It's not like, you know, Mixon in the Cincinnati Bengals offense that improved their O-line over the offseason. They added key pieces on the interior. And he was, he wasn't even that efficient. He was at 4.1 yards per carry. He hit 4.9 before. And that was with Andy Dalton. I think we can see an even more efficient Mixon this year. He was fully healthy. He's been healthy. He's played at least 14 games in four of his past or his four of his career five seasons in the NFL. So people have this misconception that he's injury prone where he gets nicked and bruised. Yeah. He had like a low ankle sprain last year, but he doesn't really miss time that much. Uh, in 2020, they had the situation where they basically just shut him down. They put him on IR and then, Joe Burrow got hurt and they're like, well, this is a lost season. Why would we bring back our running back and waste touches, waste bullets that we have on this guy? We're paying or we're going to be paying a lot of money because they did end up paying him. Mixon has the build of a workhorse RB1. He showed us that last year's RB3 and I believe points per game or RB4. I forgot. 
fantastic. He could be even more efficient this season. He could score even more touchdowns and get even more targets. I, I think his upside is RB2 overall. I'm not going to go crazy, say RB1, because you know he doesn't have 100 target upside, but absolutely he could hit 70. I yeah. think he was on pace for that in 2018. Again, with Andy Dalton. I think Joe Burrow's better. I think Joe Burrow, two years removed from his ACL tear, is better. Mixon, wheels up. I think this is like the last season. They're going to like milk him. 334 uh, touches last year. He could hit 350 to 360 with more targets, less rushes. I'm I'm all in. So Mixon, half point. What about full point? Does that change your... That's got to change. I think Jefferson's more viable in full point just because, yeah. Targets. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, agree I, more with you. I mean, I like I said, I'm more of a full point PPR guy, and and the stats and stuff that I look at are full point, and everything just points to Jefferson. The guy's just an absolute monster. Um, a guy that I want on my yeah. team, only player in NFL history to eclipse 3,000 yards in his first two seasons, tied with Michael Thomas with 196 catches in his first two seasons. A new head coach, a Rams offensive mind minded head coach who kind of spearheaded the how to get Cooper cup the ball. Once Robert Woods went down in LA head coach. Um, I just love Jefferson's upside this year, but again, in half point, I probably agree with you there. I'm looking at Mixon full point. I'm definitely going Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't fault you either way, even if half PPR, you want to go Jefferson, like he's that good. And you know, you mentioned the cup thing, it, regardless of that, it's um, you know, they're going to go 11% a lot. They're going to have a lot more spacing mm-hmm. on the field, I do believe. I think, not to say Cousins is going to have like a career year, but I think Jefferson could be even better. Like, why can't he get better in his third season? You know, man, like, he he really hasn't even had the touchdowns. Like, he had 10 last year, but yeah, why well, not that's hit 12? Because the, why the not Vikings hit 13? ran the ball every single time inside the, inside the 5-10 yard line. They led the league in the last, like, two, three years running the ball I mean, inside Jeff- the 5-10 yard line. Jefferson's one of a handful of guys. I wouldn't be shocked if he had 15 touchdowns. Absolutely. Him, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, all these guys. Like uh, touchdowns create fan. Touchdowns are the core of fantasy at the end of the day, especially in like half PPR. So, yeah. All right, Kev. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on my show today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, guys, next week we have uh, Monday. uh, Sorry, Tuesday. I'm going to be live with Josh Larkey, and we're going to be talking a little bit differently um, in terms of what this podcast is. Uh, Larkey created a curriculum based off of um, uh, with f- football and, and, and data and data points and coding. So he's going to be talking about that. I created a curriculum for my, my class, my math class and ELA class based on fantasy football to get my special needs kids more involved and more hands-on with learning in terms of math and ELA. So I'm super excited to talk to Larky about that. But Kev, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your insight. Um, I'm hoping we can get you back on here again soon. What do you think? I mean, happy to. Thank you for having me on, JP. Thanks for everybody for listening. Follow me at Twitter on Twitter at Rotus. There's not at Twitter. They have enough followers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, uh, yeah, the operating room on Spotify podcast. Again, wherever podcasts are available, go subscribe, rate and review if you get a chance. And yeah, my work's on Rotoballer. The game day, as mentioned, uh, JP. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. But you know, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, guys. Everybody have an awesome, fantastic, magical weekend. Stay safe. And remember, peace, love, and fantasy football. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sport Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. 
Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there.